Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Kenny Luck, who's a pastor, author, and founder of Everyman Ministries. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome back everyone to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. First of all, thanks so much for tuning in today. If this is your first time listening, welcome. It's a pleasure having you. If you're a longtime listener, thanks so much for your continued support. I appreciate it. And if you have not done so already, if you wouldn't mind leaving a Google or iTunes review and a rating, it'd be much appreciated. Today's conversation with Kenny Luck he discusses how he backed into the work and the life that he's doing right now as a pastor, author, and founder of Everyman Ministries, and his latest book, Dangerous Good, The Coming Revolution of Men Who Care, and what it means to be a healthy Christian man. Masculinity and strength uh, is definitely under attack culturally, and the way forward is one by looking actually to a not so new idea, but looking back at the person of Christ and when he entered into the world, um, looking at his in character, his character, and the 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 whole new dynamic of masculinity that he brought. We discuss relationships, character, and the path forward for a man in today's world. Finally. He discusses more about Everyman Ministries, some of the global impact and work that they're doing, um, and then other ways that you can get involved or learn more. So I'm going to leave it at that for now, but let's turn on over to the conversation with Kenny Luck. For some folks that may not be super familiar with you or in the work that you're doing, would you mind just sharing a bit more into your, into your background, um, what you're doing right now, and a bit more into how you got there? Well, I backed into I backed into Everyman Ministries. You mentioned that as you were uh, in the lead up. Um, I was a, a CEO of a, a healthcare company. I was a dad. I was raising a family. I was highly involved in in, in my church. But um, you know, the real backstory to what I do now is just my own journey, which I think is uh, how God uses um, you know how God works in a lot of our lives where. You know, you're working through things that uh, that affect just you, but then as you work through them, you're going, wow, I wonder if there's anybody else. And just as a man trying to be uh, a follower of Christ, be a husband, uh, and be an influencer, um, I, I started to kind of look for resources and look for other men who felt like I did, who were on the same journey, and uh, got into a little couples group through my church, and uh, discovered probably for the first time in my life just the power of having other followers of Christ who were men uh, who were struggling with the same things and just the power in the transparency of talking about that and as I began to just say hey this is where I'm at this is what I'm working on this is what I'm struggling with this is what I'm tempted by there was so much power there and victory that came out of masculine community in Christ that I thought, boy, I wonder who's doing this. And and then I approached my pastor and I said, hey, how are we doing this here at my church? And that's sort of how I backed into what I do today. Uh, in 2000, I fired myself as the CEO of my company. I walked into the chairman's office and said, I, I really feel like God's calling me to 
to start this ministry to men and also serve as a volunteer at my church in the men's ministry. And that's the genesis of Everyman Ministries. Now, fast forward 18 years later and, you know, 8 million men later and 23 books and hundreds of churches uh, using our model. Um, That's kind of how I backed into it. But I love the way it started, just me trying to work out how to be God's man in the context where I found myself and the power of men's community. Um, and that, that last point there, I think, is um, ex- where I want to go next, um, how to be God's man uh, in in community um, and really kind of go out into the world. And I know one of your most recent books in particular, Dangerous Good, The Coming Revolution, right. Coming Revolution of Men Who Care, um, which released in July, uh, is a book right. a book that hopes to awaken the sleeping giant within the community of men that will be an aggressive force for good. So I wanted to know, uh, I think, as you mentioned, um, the, the topic of masculinity um, and what it means to be a Christian man, I think is... Uh, is, is being is ever more needed right now to have some clarification yes. um, and understanding biblically of what what that looks like um, so I want right. to know uh, can you can you share a bit more into the background of what you've been seeing with the current state of men that really sparked or caused you to uh, to you know begin this genesis into the into writing the book well you know it's no big secret that male strength is under attack and when I look at that, I, I say to myself, it's not the strength that is the issue. The issue is the character and compassion that seems to be absent when there's strength or influence or power present. And, you know, that's, that's what we see, you know, in, in the news cycle. We see uh, men with power, strength, influence, uh, whether it's I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a husband, I'm a father or I'm an executive, or I'm a movie producer, or, or I have been given uh, responsibility and power, but then there isn't, there isn't character and integrity as well as compassion behind that. And so if you give a man strength and power and influence and he doesn't have the character, he's going to abuse people. People suffer, um, especially if you come from a Christian worldview because then you know, you ha- you're, you're just being led by by your own impulses and the world and the culture and so forth. So the genesis of the Dangerous Good movement, um, of course, it starts with Christ because when he came onto the scene, his culture was not uh, totally unlike uh, our culture right now. He walked into a broken male culture that, that thought to itself, thank God I'm not a woman, thank God I'm not a kid, thank God I'm not one of those, those Gentiles. Um, there was a lot of ethnic tension Uh, and dividedness, and then Jesus, in response to the Spirit of the Lord being upon him, what did he start to do? He started um, protecting and defending women. He he started uh, saying, come and let the children come, and he touched them and he blessed them. He didn't pre-qualify people on on the basis of race or physical handicaps or moral handicaps or ethnic handicaps perceived. And he just brought a whole new brand of masculinity that was dangerous, but dangerous with goodness. And that is the genesis of the movement. And when I think about the six to seven hundred million men walking the planet now who claim an affiliation with Jesus, 
I said, well, if that's the spirit that was on Christ and on his disciples who did the same thing, who were dangerous with goodness at the birth of the church, as we witness in the book of Acts, and the whole city of Jerusalem finds out and transforms, um, then that same spirit lives in us as followers of Christ, and then God has a purpose for men who follow Jesus and men's communities that follow Jesus that follow that biblical template. So that's how I backed into Hmm. uh, writing the book. Um, I think it's culturally needed, as you mentioned. And the goal, really, is to launch a new wave of men who are not just dangerous, which is what we see, but men who are dangerous with goodness, and they're in community doing it where they live. Hmm. Um, and there's a, a few uh, different folks and groups that men communicate and have relationships with. One of them um, being being the female, whether it's a, a wife or a girlfriend or, right. or even just friends, you know. But then there's also um, and then children, as you mentioned too, the the, the upcoming right. generation. So um, in your life and what you've seen, what are some? And I love this character focus because I think it's it's not it's not a priority for a lot of people, or it's not it's not put on the table. Um, but what types of character? I don't know if you see you know characteristic uh, you know traits or you know values or how how can one have establish a good and a dangerously good character, especially with these I guess two different types with women and also with with children. Well, you know, relationships are the function of character. If you have healthy character, you have healthy relationships. If you have unhealthy character, you have unhealthy relationships. And I, I don't think it's a, a big stretch uh, for anyone to, uh, to to know that, where, where you have, you know, a, an emotionally mature, uh, spiritually strong, and relationally committed man, okay, on the inside, uh, that bodes well for the people that are around him and and so then we have to ask ourselves well where is character formed well character is formed in families you know our our family formation is essential to character formation well who's responsible for helping form character uh well it's fathers and and this is where we get into kind of my own story uh this is uh where we get into uh the family uh, the formation of, you know, values and what we see modeled and how we're mentored and what the message is. And I think to boil it down, when you look at, boy, who are men who are bringing life? Who are men who are blessing women and children? They are men who have the capacity to say no to themselves and say yes to other people. They can serve themselves or they can serve other people and it's that it's that ability where you know jesus talks about this the greatest set of relational advice ever given you know where you you love god and then you love your neighbor as yourself you know the bible assumes self-love we're going to take care of number one but then do we have the character and capacity to be other centered and and that's really the value and the power of knowing jesus is that where we might not have the power to stop from indulging ourselves or or trying to gain self-importance or to increase our material uh, well-being, you have a relationship with Christ, 
And he takes that paradigm of masculinity and he flips it on its head and he says, hey, guess what? Uh, it's not about you. Other people are more important. This is this is me. This is my per. This is my purpose for you, and and so when you when you try to identify, what's the character quality? What what do you, what do men need? Well, they got to have the capacity and power to say no to themselves and say yes to others. In the end, that's how how redemption was possible. There was a guy and he was in a garden, and he didn't want to do something, go to his death. But he said, yet not my will, but your will be done. And he chose God and he chose us. And so that's the the value, the promise, the potential. And I think really the vision every man has for himself when he's little and he's thinking about, boy, what is what do I want to be? What do I want to do? I want to be great. I want to do great things. But then over time, the vision of being great and doing great things somehow you know, gets taken over by this, this, this broken vision of masculinity that that you grow up with or that you see, and and so I, I always tell men that you know if you want the truest ethos, you know, go back to when you were little and you wore the Superman and, and Spider Man pajamas, and what do you see there? A guy who is delivering justice, sticking it to evil, defending the weak. Where do you find that life? It's possible in a relationship, not in fantasy, but in reality with Jesus. So I think everybody listening, especially all the guys, they, they resonate with that. Like, man, that's who I really want to be. That's how I really want to do it. But where do we turn to find it? Well, we have to have a model. We have to have a mentor. And we have to have a real relationship uh, with someone who could show us the way, and his name is Jesus. Mm. Um, and and you're just in the book title, the coming revolution of men who care. So there's just uh, you mentioned there's was it seven million men who you know identify or associate uh, as Christian, um, and that that puts a you know it's seven hundred million seven hundred million yeah seven hundred million. Think about that. Evil wouldn't stand a chance if those 700 million men were filled with the filled with the Holy Spirit and living in the character of Christ, and that character is manifested in conduct, which which blesses others. Wow. Mm, yes, and for for men who are uh, maybe in leadership position right now um, or. Are, aspiring leaders and really just want to develop and kind of hone in on how they can be better leaders, better, better models themselves so that, you know, those can, those, uh, they can bring up others as well and have this other centered mindset. What have you seen, um, through, you know, just through your time, uh, with, with yeah. your multiple ministries of this is, th- these are some great ways that you can prepare to enter into this revolution and be a good leader. Yeah, is to is first of all to cross the line uh, into a a a full relationship with Jesus Christ. That that's always step number one. Um, you know, he he is the model man. Uh, he is the one who defines really healthy masculinity, and and that's where we start. We start with a relationship with God because the truest thing about masculinity, the truest thing about anything, is what God says is true. And, and so that's the starting place. But then as you, you get into a relationship with Jesus, you get introduced to this family of other people. 
who believe in Jesus, and particularly other men. And that's always my second stop, is to get with another group of guys who are headed in the same direction toward loving God and loving people and and serving others. And and there is that that's really the key to kind of this, this revolution, as I, I call it, hmm. is these fellowships, these dangerous good fellowships of men, these communities of you know, of hipster and corporate and black and white and rich and poor and they're so diverse, just like the early disciples. And the reason why they're they're coming together is because of a radical, transforming and transcendent relationship with Jesus, not just to have a holy huddle, but as we see in the Bible, they're there to 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 encourage one another to connect around God and to grow and then to have impact. And so when we talk about this movement, it's worldwide. You know, in fact, we just had a dangerous good conference in New Delhi, India, you know, where that's a country of a billion people. That's a country where women and children suffer under a demonic worldview called the caste system. Mm -hmm. And they suffer. What's the answer? Why? I say unapologetically, it's spirit-empowered men who are in community and who are commissioned to be dangerous with goodness where they live and touch and bless people. So, you know, I always say relationship with God and a very um, authentic community of men that, that meets regularly. And that's really a challenge for a lot of our listeners because they, they live in built-in relationships of work relationships and family relationships but, you know, friendships are usually the first to go. And and that's where in the book I talk a lot about how mm. frequency, proximity, transparency, those are you gotta fight to be in consistent relationship with other men and grow. Wow, see so you mentioned friendships are the first to, to, to go or is it go or grow? And can you can you elaborate a bit yeah, more it's on the that? First to go because you have to be really intentional. So Tyler, if you and I got to know each other and said, oh, man, you're a believer in Jesus, so I'm a believer in Jesus too, man, and, and you're headed that way, and I'm headed that way, well, man, we should get together and encourage each other and study God's Word together and pray for one another and all that stuff. Well, you're married, and I'm married, and you have work, and I have work, and there's other priorities, and there's kids, and but you know what? Our relationship would make all three other zones of relationship a ton better. Mm. My relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, my my ability to be a great employee or boss or whatever, man, my relationship with you would make those other areas flourish. But the reality is and the battle is, well, I have to do these other things first and then I'll I'll commit to our connection, Tyler, you know, with with the crumbs of my time if I can make it happen. Mm. So it becomes the last priority. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. You have to see, you have to intentionally block and schedule time and spaces and community, which makes the other areas of your life flourish. And, you know, that's kind of the battle. You know, we have, well, you know, I hear in doing men's ministry for 30 years, you're like, no, well, my family's first. Well, how do you do in your family? Want to do it better? Mm. And when the people of your, in your life see, no, you know what? Like at my church. You know, people in the community go, oh, 
my my husband or my boyfriend he he goes to he goes to you know the the men's community groups at, at at Crossline. I want him to go there because I get a better husband. I get a better I get a better father for my children. I get a better boyfriend. You know they see the value, uh, and so then they may, they allow space for the man to go and be in that dangerous good community because they get blessed. You, you, I want to st- step back for a second and look yeah. at um, Everyman Ministries and sure. a, kind of a bit more. Uh, it sounds like you have a global vision, um, which is yes. which is incredible. I want to hear a bit more about the mission of Everyman Ministries and where you're where you're looking to go. Yeah, you know, um, the compelling vision of the future 18 years ago was to revolutionize men's ministry. Okay, to kind of really not just elevate the value, but make it meaningful. Okay. So to revolutionize men's ministry, free men spiritually, right? That's through the gospel of Jesus, you know, set them free and empower healthy families worldwide. That was the vision 18 years ago. It's still, you know, the vision now, but how do you realize that? Well, you got to have mechanisms and ways to get men in, to relationship with God and with each other. You have to have mechanisms and tools and avenues to get them healthy, you know, in their family and in their friendships and in their marriages and and so forth. You have to have ways to get them discipled and strong and you have to have ways to, to get them going. And so that's what, that's where I backed into every man and I went, you know what, I'm just going to lab out the model, you know, in the local church. I did that at Saddleback Church for, for 15 years and and that's where we began to build the ecosystem of resources for men's groups and churches and test the model and and then now we're at this place where you know we don't need to build anything we don't we don't need to build a a digital platform to equip men and churches we don't need to build podcast mechanisms everything's built for individuals men's groups and churches now we just need to throw gas on the fire and and do outreach and hmm. make people aware of, of what's available. And I have to say, hmm. by God's grace, you know, we're reaching hundreds of thousands of men every single day. It's wow. just it's only it's only by the grace of God hmm. and it's because I believe that, that that is the coming revolution. The church has the women, the church has the kids. You do any missions work or talk to any missiologist, he'll tell you. Churches worldwide have women and kids. They don't have the men. And that's where I believe it's the coming revolution that God's spirit is moving worldwide, is raising up this vast army of God's sons for a expression that is going to defeat a lot of evil and bless a lot of people. That's the truth. The uh, the resources that you have available um, in terms of ways that you're equipping and empowering men um, in different, you know, different walks of life. We spoke a bit on the family, um, but want to hear a bit more of the other areas of of your ministry, in particular ones that are maybe um, uh, really uh, of focus right now. 
yeah, the big focus for me right now, because so once once you have kind of your toolbox, right? Mm. Once you have your ecosystem, then it's then it's time to deploy those in strategic areas. And so the big focus for us this year is community transformation and city transformation strategies. What does that involve? Well, that involves us coming to a community or coming to a major metro urban city. We train churches uh, six months to a year in advance. We come and bring a catalytic uh, conference, a Friday Saturday conference, and you know our track record is is that seventy to eighty percent of the guys who attend that conference will get in a group the next week that starts mating, will join a fellowship, and then because we've built the ecosystem for that fellowship to get guys in, get them healthy, get them strong, and then get them going, that's where all of the resources that are already built come in. And then what we're doing this year, though, that's different, is for every fellowship that is formed, we link them to a community agency that that group of men partners with on a monthly basis in their community that is non-church-based but is doing good in that city or community, and they help that organization do good in that community. So we have Dangerous Good Fellowships providing muscle for the missions of agencies in a city or community that are doing good and in the process mm. there is a witness that is created in that community city it's like what's happened to the men of the city what's happened to the men of this community oh my goodness and the people who are not in the holy huddle are going what has happened what is going on and that's exactly what happened mm. in the book of acts you know, Peter yeah. and John were in between a prayer meeting and going to church, and they saw a guy who was lame, and they entered his life, and they stepped into a small space, and they did good. And then they got hauled in, and the people who hauled them in and said, we got to stop these guys. They said, yeah, but the whole city has, has become aware of it, and they've performed, and I put this in quotations, a notable miracle, Acts 4.16. And the whole city is finding out. And so we've templated our next focus on doing exactly that, mobilizing men of God, connecting them into fellowships, those fellowships then partnering with agencies throughout a community or city to do good. And that is the kingdom witness, is spirit-empowered men breaking the mold of what communities and cities are presently experiencing, which is suffering. And contrasting that with, wow, these groups of spirit empowered men, they're helping us do good. Mm. And then that is an organic kingdom witness for Jesus, which will win thousands upon thousands of people to Christ. Mm. Wow. So it's bringing in, uh, bringing healing to, to the city and mending uh, a lot of yeah. some wounds where they're, that could have been quite deep and Ex- expanding the huddle, but then also creating new huddles as well. You got it. Great summary. But think about, you know, what's relevant. What's relevant mm. today is any agency that is helping pain in a community or city go down. Well, if that's the calculus, then who's causing the pain? Mm. What, why, are, why are victims sexually trafficked? Men. Domestic violence. Men. Fatherless epidemic. Men. You know. Um, orphan epidemic, men. And so if you go into a city and you mobilize men to to start reaching into those spaces personally, 
and their character transforms through relationship with God and other men. And then they start now, instead of making choices for injustice, choices for justice. And all that word means is giving people what is due. If protection is due, they give protection. Compassion is due, they give compassion. If discipline is due, they give discipline. That is... That is the witness the world is ready for. Like when I talk to women, I'm like, wouldn't you agree that healthy men are in high demand but low supply? And then you could hear an audible sigh. They're like, oh, my gosh. So if it's that dark out there for men, a movement like this is easily visible and seen. And Christ wants us to shine, right? That's right. So, yeah. I mean, shine your light before men in such a way that they might see the good that you do. And glorify your fathers in heaven. The world's waiting for a movement of men who do good. Hmm. Men for others. Men for others. Um, and I know in particular, uh, I want to hear a bit more about what you've seen and have experienced in uh, every um, in, in every man ministries with yeah. particular with I, I know a lot of men now, the statistics are crazy with porno- yeah. with pornography. Uh, sure. In particular, and the the just the the addiction and the ongoing addiction, um, and how you you know you've you've been able to come yeah. your your men have been able to combat this and kind of what what you're seeing is rising or really what you're awesome. seeing is causing, but then how yeah. uh, how there's hope as well. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: when men feel bad, they want to feel better. It's universal. And when they don't have the character to make real relationships work, it's depressing. You know, and here's here's why you have the pornography epidemic. It's not because they love that form of intimacy. It's because they lack purpose. They don't feel they feel bad in some way about themselves or about their their current level or ability to win real intimacy. And and, and because they're sad because they're not achieving real intimacy and connection with real people, all right, they want to feel better. And there, there's a plethora of unhealthy ways to feel better and strong, and that's where the spiritual battle comes in, right? So the devil is there. It's like, hey, don't feel bad. Feel better. Here's a way you can feel better. Here's a way you can have a relationship with a woman, but, you know, it's pixelized, you know, and it's online or... You know, and you can be in control. And the problem is, is that that usually harms them, harms their family, and they don't become better husbands or dads or or human beings. And so when it comes to pornography specifically, I treat that more as a symptom versus a root cause. Hmm. Pornography is a symptom of feeling bad about not being able to achieve real intimacy because I have the character and the capacity to achieve it. So then, because I lack that, I'm built for it, but I have to go find these cheaper rip-off versions of it. And so I'm not making my relationships work with my wife or my girlfriend or whatever. It's hard. I don't have the stuff on the inside to make it work. I don't have the tools. I've had no models, mentors to help me do it. So I'm built for love and intimacy. I can't win the real thing and re in the real world. So I'm going to default and develop this private life where I go get it over here. And believe me, I know from where I speak because when I was 17, you know, I was working in a liquor store and 
liquor stores, you have pornography. So that was one of my issues of, man, I really want to give and receive love, but I can't get it in a healthy way. So here's an unhealthy alternative. But then I feel small, and then that just gets me even more depressed. So what we see through Everyman Ministries in this area of pornography is that when you come to a man and we go, hey, look, you're built to give and receive love. That's a normal thing. You need to receive love from God so that you can give it away in a healthy way. That's why the gospel is the solution. You know, they can finally get that Mm -hmm. void filled. And then we have to work this out together, guys. We're a team. You know, and and then we we help that man get healthy. And that's where when he does grow in Christ and does have the power of the Holy Spirit and does start making new choices, he realizes, oh, my gosh, that's the ripoff stuff. I can win the real stuff. And so, you know, this this poison and demonic industry called the pornography industry, you know, that's just medicating, um, you know, a masculinity that's disconnected from eternity. That's right. So it's it's cheap love. It's it is. It's very. Yeah, it's the rip off stuff. It's very fingertip. You know. It's it's. Think about it though. Think about yeah. it. Even gaming. You know, I can I can be a hero in war in the gaming world. I can play uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and I can have a girlfriend. I can dress her up. Uh, she can do things to me in that video game. I can, you know, uh, click on power. That gives me control. You know, it's just, mm, it's just you not, know, and, it's and there's not, a book that's, that was written by this guy from Stanford. His name is Dr. Philip Zimbardo. It's called The Demise of Guys. And he talks about how because we lack models and mentors, men don't know how to be men. So because they can't be strong in today's culture or it's frowned upon, they go seek strength in unhealthy ways and fantasy pornography and gaming while not in and of itself a bad thing can well pornography is bad but you know gaming there's a lot of people who play video games but that's a, a a way to go that allows them to quote unquote level up you know they can they can advance but it's in fantasy and not in reality that's depressing Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the satisfaction that's it's too readily accessible. They're not there's not a there's yeah, they not settle for it. Yeah, they settle for it. They settle for it. You know, and that's you know that's a neutralizer. But the message that we have and that you have said, hey, mm-hmm. that feeling you had when you were little, where you wanted to be great and do great things, it's possible in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And yeah. um, there's a community of guys that are headed that way. And come join us. That's right, um, and. Just finally, to, to wrap things up, um, a piece of advice uh, you'd like to share something on your heart that we haven't discussed for, for, uh, for listeners and then where folks can find uh, more about you, your books, and anything else. Yeah. Um, well, here's the piece of advice, especially for our listeners who, who know Jesus. Um, let the truest thing about you be what God says is true. And here's what I mean. Um, you know, we can, we can define our masculinity by, um, how much stuff we have. That's called a materialist. We can define our masculinity by being visible and having a great image, right? Um, we can define our masculinity 
by how much influence or power we have. But, you know, those identities, the materialist, the hedonist, the narcissist, those are God, those are godless, and yet that's what we're getting bombarded with, men of God. You're not a material man. You're not a pleasure man. You're not a power man. You're God's man. That's what God says. And it's sort of like Simba from The Lion King. You know, he's the son of the king. But he goes and tries out all these other identities that are not him until that little baboon, I forget his name, Rafiki, mm. comes and whacks him on the head and says, I know who you are. You're Mufasa's boy. You're the son of a king. And my message to the men listening to us is, you're the son of the king. And that identity carries with it responsibility with that identity. And so God's calling you back to your truest identity, which is, hey, you're a son of the king, and you're going to steward that identity, and I need you right now to rise up in that identity and get with the other sons of the king in community because there's a big spiritual battle. So in a prophetic way, I just want to say to all the listeners, rise up, remember who you are, Remember, you're the son of the king, and God's calling you to rise up and get in community with other male believers because there's evil that needs to be defeated. That's the advice. Everybody can get a hold of me at everymanministries.com. All resources for individuals, podcasts, churches, re, you know, whatever you need is there. And um, we'll end with that. Wonderful. Kenny, uh, it's been a pleasure uh, hearing from you and, and speaking with you today. Um, and okay, thank Tyler. you. Thank you for joining. You got it.